0: So that brings us to our uh, finale. Does here. it?
1: Does it? <laughs> it does.
0: Yeah, it does. <laughs> I already started into the finale.
1: <sighs>
0: anyway, that's all right. right.
1: I'm going to edit the podcast and now we're- I'm going to win after number nine.
0: <laughs> and congratulations to Stuart winning five to four there. There you go. Oh, brilliant.
1: That's so bad. <laughs> Well, once one of you learns how to edit it, you can do the same stuff.
0: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Welcome back, folks, to the Game of Sidekicks podcast. This is episode 19. We're going to be talking all things Wingspan. Uh, This is Isaac, along with my two co-hosts, JT and Stuart. How's it going tonight, gentlemen?
2: Excellent. How are you? great.
0: I am doing well. This is a we're off to a, a good third times a charm start with our podcast tonight. Well, uh, we're going to be three and and a half, half. <laughs> three and a half. <laughs> we're we're going to be looking at a couple of different games that we've been most recently playing and uh, get into a discussion, kind of like we started last week um, on Endeavor. If you haven't heard that podcast, make sure you look at episode eighteen to hear about our thoughts and review of Endeavor Age of Sail with the expansion. But today we'll be. Flying over to Stone Myers' wingspan game, but before we jump into that, let's look at some what have you recently played. So, Stuart, I'm going to start with you, sir. What's uh, what games have been, or what game have you recently enjoyed playing?
1: Uh, so, I haven't had a chance to get a lot of stuff to the table, so a lot of my gameplay has been digital. Uh, So the two that I've been doing the most of is Star Realms and Sagrada. And my wife has become hooked on Star Realms as well. So uh, that's been actually pretty fun. And she's really good at it. Yeah, she's good at anything after about the third play. (laughs) (laughs) So and she says she's not competitive, but she definitely is because she sends me screenshots of when she beats JT.
0: (laughs) Which which happens more often than it happens for me at least
1: probably all of us yeah <laughs> he wins i think two about two and a half to one time for me no yeah. i think that's our overall record i think it's like 43 and 19
2: uh it's worse than that you you reinstalled <laughs> the app and it reset it for you but
1: well that's what i'm going with <laughs> <laughs>
2: jt how about yourself what's uh, what's been gracing your table uh I've played a lot of games uh one time just trying to work through some of the um shelf of opportunity games, but uh uh one game we haven't played just one time is Airland and Sea. Uh this um game designed by John Perry. Uh it's a little eighteen card deck, two player game. Um really neat uh interaction. There's three different theaters of war and you're playing cards to try and win at least two out of the three theaters. But at any time you can withdraw and give your opponent fewer points than if you played it all the way out and lost. So that one's really cool. And then uh, another game that just came in and I've played it a couple times is Welcome to New Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. So How's if that? You're yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, it's really cool. Um, some familiar uh, kind of. Well, the gameplay is super familiar to uh, Welcome to Your New Home, but uh, some neat, um, extra thinky kind of layers to it. Um, it's exactly what, uh, what what made me buy it. You know, the sales pitch was, hey, this is a lot like Welcome to Your New Home, but there's uh, extra thinky layers to it, and that's exactly what it is. It's pretty cool. So you can yeah, awesome. uh, open, open casinos, open shows, open... Uh, hotels, golf course, do new construction, um, take people on a limousine tour. There's all kinds of stuff going on and you have to worry about uh, debts and mob payoffs. It's neat. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. I've been looking forward to trying that one. I've heard, heard nothing but good stuff. Is it another one that you think would play well for like multiple people over zoom or something like
2: this? Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Because the the thing is you know all you need is one one person managing the decks because everyone's playing off the same three options every every turn so as long as everyone knows uh you know how to manage their own sheets and their own new las vegas uh everything's gravy and then you just tally it up at the end and see who did better
0: so very similar it sounds like yeah awesome I've been uh, I've been playing. Recently, got a, a, a Kickstarter preview that uh, is going to be kicking here in the beginning of June. I think I want to say like June second, June sixth, somewhere in there, first week of June uh, from Pencil First Games. Um, it is a game called the Whatnot Cabinet. It's a third in their series of small box games. I think the first two were Herbaceous and uh, Sunset Sunset over the Water or Sunset something along that line. Uh, but the whatnot cabinet is a um, design that Ed over that pencil first put together. It's art by Beth Sobel, who right away is like it's awesome. Is my favorite artist. I love her stuff, and it's very simple. It rates the time at like fifteen to twenty minutes. It's a one to four player. You're collecting little whatnots in the outdoors. Little. Uh, knick-knack kind of things like shells and and rocks and leaves and small animals and you're putting these in your little curio cabinet and it's it's kind of a it's a set collection and matching with rows and columns you're trying to match colors you're trying to match items and you know you're you're kind of pressed for do I take this or do I push my luck to take something different we've played it two-player three-player four-player I think in the last 48 hours we played it like 10 times um, it's great. I really enjoy it as a fun little filler game. So definitely keep an eye out for this coming on Kickstarter here into June, uh, the Whatnot Cabinet. All right, so let's jump into our game of the week. And again, this week we are talking about Wingspan. Now, Wingspan is a 2019 release along with the expansion, which also came out in 2019, kind of bookended the year. Uh, the game came out in January expansion came out more towards uh, the fourth quarter. It's a one to five player game designed by Elizabeth Hargrave, um, published by Stonemeyer Games, with uh, three or four different artists that actually are actually three, I'm sorry, three artists in the game. Uh, the big ones being uh, Natalia Rojas and Anne Marie Martinez. And they did the work on the bird cards, which we'll talk a little bit about the art on those cards in a minute and beth sobel actually has a hand in this art too and she did the game board uh, for uh, wingspan it's a weight of 2.37 uh, plays about 40 to 70 minutes and again for those that have maybe never had a chance to play this game before we talk details of it just a quick overview it is a uh, card driven engine building board game so your bird enthusiasts You're just trying to seek and discover the right types of birds and you're trying to bring them into your network of wildlife preserves. Each bird gives you a chain with different birds in its habitat that as you use that habitat, you're going to uh, chain those birds together to unleash more powers into your engine. Uh, You can gain food. You can lay eggs. There are hundreds of different like literally hundreds of different birds in this thing. And then it plays out over the course of four rounds. One of the reasons we wanted to talk about this game was the news recently here. Uh, not only was this the twenty nineteen Kennerspiel Spiel uh, winner, it was also it won a, a slew of other board game awards in nineteen. But most recently, kind of swept the award show for the Golden Geek over at Board Game Geek Awards. It won for twenty nineteen the Golden Geek for most most innovative board game, best strategy game, best solo game, best family game best card game, best board game artwork, best presentation, and most innovative board game. I think it won everything but, I don't know, war game maybe? <laughs> it, it, it pretty much took literally every every game that it could over there. Um, and, you know, for... For, for i think good reason we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as well but first off let's you know going through the overview going through this game uh, i know we've all had a chance to play it just kind of walk me through as you guys have played this like what did you think of it first time through has that changed much as you've as you've had chance to play this over 2019 and into 2020
2: yeah well i so i pre-ordered it um got it right away right when uh the first wave shipping for pre-orders went um so we had it in hand gosh if not the end of january uh first part of february because we gave a copy away at uh, gen last year yeah that's right and um you know right off the bat i thought oh this is neat this is uh you know cool little engine gosh it's gorgeous um you know, there's certainly a lot to, to love. I think um, the more I've played it, I mean, that opinion certainly hasn't changed. Um, I've probably played it uh, 18 or 19 times now. And um, I think, I still think it's gorgeous. Uh, it's easy to introduce new people to it. Um I still want to get it back to the table. I just played it this weekend. I want to get it back to the table again soon, right? Like it's, it's absolutely, uh, an innovative game that has a theme that's unique and it, it's a solid engine building game that is beautiful and you love to play. Stuart, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'll agree with all those sentiments. Uh, it's a enjoyable game. It, um, I played it a half dozen times now. I, I like the mechanics. I think it's interesting as well. I would just like to sit around and read the bird cards, <laughs> like because they're they're thematically really really well done. Um, you know, I was actually we played it tonight, my wife and I, before we we did the cast, just so I can because I hadn't gotten it to the table in in, in a few months and it was just really cool as they came up. I was like, Oh, that has the same ability as one of the cars I already have. Oh, that's another owl. Okay. So all the owls do this. And so I just, you know, reminding myself of, you know, Oh yeah, it's like super, super thematic with all the different, you know, uh, species of the birds and, you know, powers that are related to each other, but just slightly different. So I think from that standpoint, it's, it's done really, really, really well.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, from a longevity standpoint that, that speaks a lot, right. and, I, I just looked up on my board game app. The first time I played this was January 26th. Um, it may have been... I don't know if that's when Gen Con was. I feel like it might have been that weekend. Um, that might have been the first time I played it. I played it 21 times. And this last year. I believe it was you know outside of Lightseekers, my most played game in 2019. Um, I played it with... Uh, 28 different people in 21 games. So this has been a game that I have really enjoyed teaching to people uh, for a couple reasons, but primarily because it's got a lot of depth, but it's very easy to understand and get started into. And and it does capture people's interest when you put that beautiful board on the table, first off. And then those cards, like, I mean... pretty much what Stuart said i find myself reading those cards every single time reading through the facts reading through the information and and uh finding it actually pretty darn interesting when you look at the theme would you agree that this is a theme that kind of exists outside of what we've already seen in in a lot of board games do you think that has some of the drive for it
1: yeah i think it's easy to grasp onto. you know uh you know you're building an engine but it's an engine that's kind of out in front of you so it's not like you're you're drawing up cards and, and to, ready to play like Dominion-esque or, you know, Legendary or a deck builder necessarily. So you're building it out in front of you in a tableau style. So I think that's really easy to grasp onto. And then once you just connect the dots that are unique to the game, it's pretty easy to just throw it out there and go.
0: What's interesting and I've I've kind of followed a lot of Elizabeth Hargraves um, a couple of different podcasts and interviews about this game and like why you know why birds why so many birds why this theme and you know she said she in a world of, of very heavy you know Euro games and fantasy she wanted something that was different and I'd read a quote where she talked about like she wasn't just interested in collecting birds she was interested in collecting beautiful things like that was her her aim around oh. it and she wanted it to be a game with scientific integrity um, I found that uh, I looked this up but she had a spreadsheet when she made this game initially that at its most extreme was 596 rows by 100 columns sorting all the birds by order class and Habitat, wingspan, nest type, egg, food, oh like crap. all of it. And when she took that tool, she used it to calibrate the score for each bird and the sum of the assets, like the eggs. And the interview said that what hooked Jamie Stagmire when he saw it was her ability to strike balance with so many cards using mathematics and then psychology of of what the birds did together. Like, I love that it wasn't just... We sat down and played a game with some friends online the other day. Uh, We were playing... um, uh, What the heck was it? A Splendor. And we were talking about, you know, do you think they, like, picked two onyx and two sapphire on this card arbitrarily do you think they put the work into it like i was like i don't know they may have just picked some numbers and see what stuck like you can see in the cards and wingspan that there was definite like mad scientist thought behind how balanced they tried to make these cards
1: and how diverse they are too
0: oh yeah Absolutely. You know,
1: just with the different abilities, you know, we played, I, I've got the expansion just mixed into the base cards. So I'm never going to separate them out. <laughs> and, you know, even tonight I discovered two new abilities that I hadn't seen before. You know, one let me steal um, some uh, a food of choice from uh, an opponent and then they get to draw a, um, a food from the bird feeder. And I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. The other
0: thing that's I think interesting when you look at the the art and the design of these cards is the art is beautiful but simplistic right the the white background the birds just pop on these on these cards and and it's like it's enough to showcase and you really see the fine detail. I've read some things on the artist too, and most of the original artwork for these are like three by five they're they're not huge pieces, but they knocked out. Quite a lot of birds. You think about all the expansions that they want to do. There's gonna be a lot of birds and a lot of art on these cards. And I think the the two artists that did these just did a tremendous job on them. No. So think about uh introducing this game. Where would you say this game sits in a? You know, if I'm if I'm newer to gaming, is this a good intro game? Is this more of a well? You need to. need to be a a game player for a while. Where does this, this says a good entry level game. Do you think?
2: I absolutely think it's a great entry level game. Uh, One of the things that um, helps it in that arena is the quick start um, guide that, that Stonemaier put out. I don't know. Have you, do either of you guys have that? Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, you know that every player gets uh, a certain number of cards uh, and certain amount of food to start with. And that's sort of scripted. And then your first, turn or two is actually scripted and and that helps you just get a feel for what each of the four actions do rather than look at a hand of five cards and five food and not know what you're doing and so with that quick start you you know literally the first two turns for everyone is, is already scripted so you just do what the guide says to do and you get start to get a feel for what those actions are and you don't you don't understand how to build an engine yet but you're immediately comfortable with the mechanisms of the game and so um so now when i i hit my third turn i hit my fourth turn i'm like you know i'm gonna be out of cards soon i better draw cards or i don't have enough food i don't have the right food to play this second bird i better do that um oh oh i can't do this i can't play this other bird until i I lay eggs like you see all of that because they've just scripted even just the first two turns and it's I mean, we've done it with the scripting. We've done it with just the cards. We've done it uh, without all of that. And in any case, um, if you've got someone who is brand new to gaming, the scripting works. If you've got someone who's played games before and you think can handle it, just dive right in. Because there's only four things to do on on a single turn. And after that, every card tells you what to do. So... You know, the, the iconography is simple. You know, those those uh, field journals, the player boards are uh, real. I mean, the iconography is just perfect for those because if you draw a card, there's a picture of a card. If you draw two cards, there's a picture of two cards. Um, at, you know, top to bottom, uh, left to right, the, the whole thing is centered on very simple gameplay that opens up bigger and bigger worlds to, to explore, uh, strategies to explore. And so, um, you know, definitely be a judge of the group that you got playing, but, uh, you know, if, if someone's brand new to gaming, use the tools that Stonemire put with the game. If they're, you know, a little more seasoned and you think they can handle it. Um, I taught my sister the game this weekend, you know, she's played a handful of games with us and, um, by no means would I call her a, a board gamer, um, but we just dove right in. And she kind of looked at and she said, I honestly don't know what I'm doing. And I said, well, just show me your cards and we'll, we'll help you. So I was able to, you know, script a turn or, or, or two for her on the fly and, uh, and get her started that way. So I wouldn't hesitate for a second to put this in the hands of uh, a, new, a new gamer and just say, let's go to town sue
0: your wife is a little more of a uh casual gamer i think you're you're indoctrinating her more but what's her what was her take on it how what does she think of this one
1: yeah she loves it for all the reasons we've discussed mostly um i mean specifically because it's beautiful and you can just sit there and 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 look and read through the cards um and kind of just get mesmerized by how is going you know what what's happening in terms of the art and and the the theme Um, She likes it. Um, it, The only thing that I'll say that um, can get some people is just the analysis paralysis, because while there is only four things that you can do, you do have to be thinking ahead, you know, and kind of scripting out a couple turns ahead, uh, at least when you get kind of get a feel for it. And, you know, you have your your hidden um your hidden bonus card that you're going for you have the round bonus card um you're kind of seeing what's going on you're looking at the bird feeder will that come back around to me you know in terms of food so there's a lot of things that you can kind of get analysis paralysis from so again like be a judge there um it's probably not the first game i'm going to show people um necessarily but it's definitely right near the top
0: yeah i think that's a good way to put it it it, it offers players a lot of agency, a lot of opportunities and paths to victory, but you can definitely see as I've taught this to other people and I've tried to, I'm not a, you know, quote unquote, let the other people win, but depending on who I'm playing with at the table, I taught this, we have a um, twice a month board game night uh, when you know things return to normal uh, that we have uh, at a friend's house. and. He had a bunch of buddies who were not board gamers, like at all, and he invited them out. They're big video gamers, and you know, I brought some things I thought would kind of entice the video gamer. And when I opened up my bag, and the one guy goes. Wingspan. I think I heard about that on NPR. Is that the game, like the big, like bird game? <laughs> like, it is actually. And this, you know, and they played it and they loved it. And I, and I didn't, you know, put the pedal to the metal with it. I kind of guided them through their turns and helped understand. And kind of what Stuart was saying, they could see towards the end, like, oh, I really should have focused on this type of bird, shouldn't I? Like, yeah. You kind of get a feel when Brown four, everybody's just laying eggs to just rack up points that uh, you could have prepped for that. But, you know, to speak to what these guys saw, like they were already aware of this game coming into it, because this game has gotten a lot of press, like a lot of press outside of our board game world. Uh, the article I found with some of the information was a New York Times article. There's been all sorts of you know coverage for this in aviation journals and and you know national coverage that have just really highlighted the fact that this game. Exist outside of just the you know board game nerd culture and really scientifically like pays respect not only to that birding community but to what it looks like to have a game that is smart but isn't just you know oh here's well let's just slap a bird theme on this and and hope for the best right
1: yeah it's not a reskin of a reskin of a <laughs> oh yeah <absolutely. laughs> you know something else it's yeah the seventeenth version of this with a different theme
0: and what. And when we look at the, you know, the progression of this, um, and like I said, in the fourth quarter, they released the expansion, the first expansion for this, which is the European expansion Uh, expects. And Jamie Stagmeyer said there will be numerous expansions for this. This is not the only uh, one coming, but this added uh, quite a bit to the game. I mean, it added. Uh, a lot more cards new abilities new scoring tokens for each round uh, both for single player and if you're solo player added quite a lot of that as well my favorite part of the expansion i don't know if you guys have both had a chance to play it my favorite part is that the private um, private goal cards will say like you know Two points for every card that requires, you know, worm or something. And it's 18% of the cards in this giant deck. She did the math so that when you add those, it's still 18% of the deck when you add all of the bird cards, which is just like, just such, it's like so cool. You can see again, it's that like, I didn't just slap some cards together, add some new goals, and maybe it'll work. Like, it was a perfect expansion for a game that, like, i mean really was already firing on all cylinders have you both had a chance to use the expansion
2: yeah yeah yeah. played it a lot and you know you mentioned earlier uh when when you see in the fourth round everyone's just laying eggs to scrap points um you know that that definitely uh was a was a reality for us um before the expansion like uh, I found myself probably in more than 50% of games taking all five actions to lay eggs um, because you know you're looking at depending on the engine you've built you're looking at anywhere between six to eight points every action just by doing that um, the expansion definitely helps to solve that problem um, because when roughly uh, 16, to 18% of your game is uh, you know just the same action over and over at the end of the game that's that, that is a knock on it. Uh, but the expansion definitely opens things up and you can build different engines and so um, it's it can be uh, some of the same problem uh, w- with a different action um, with tucking cards uh, but there's definitely more options to open up and try and do different things. Uh, which I I absolutely love about the expansion. It definitely opens uh, new doors, for sure.
1: Yeah, I got a card. Yeah, I mentioned there was two cards I hadn't ever seen before with the abilities. And I don't know, I didn't look to see if it was an expansion or a base one. But I drew a card that allowed me to lay it sideways to take up two spots. Yeah, and to pay the lower egg spot. And I got that at the end of the first round. And then by the middle of the second round, I had already covered up four of the five four spots. So I was drawing three food every time I went to get food. And it just opened up everything for me. Yeah, I love those <laughs> and cards. It's, it was zero point card or a zero point card. But I was like, oh, that the benefit of that is still huge. It's going to score me so many points by the end.
0: Well, the balance of a card like that, right? Like, where you're mm-hmm. like, well, do I want it now to help later? Or am I, like, slow slow fire engine building? Like, I love that. I love that the next time I play, if I get that card, I can try it, but not feel like if I don't get that card, I've lost.
1: Yeah. Well, and my favorite card, I think, still, is the one where if it's the rightmost card, when you activate that uh, track, move it to a new track. It's, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, those are fun. I...
0: Honestly, my, my favorite cards, and I'm always looking for them every time I play, and I really want them in the start if I can, is the one that, you know, if you have the all the resources, play a second card in the same row. Mm-hmm. Like, if I can get that going, and I just hope that somebody gets one of those little, like, finches or whatever they are that gives everybody a food from the bird feeder when they activate it, those cards are great. Cause there's times you don't even have to go up there if somebody else is constantly feeding you food also.
1: yeah, wow. the, the diversity and the abilities are, are really great. Is there's you never feel like you get in a rut where
2: it's like, Oh, I'm just seeing these.
0: Yeah. That's a good point.
2: Yeah, that, that diversity is good too, especially when you're looking at uh, where to play a bird, right? So, I think probably my favorite birds are the, the crows. Uh, I think some of the ravens have this ability too where you can discard an egg to gain food. Yeah. But the ones that you can put in like the plains area uh, where the action is to lay eggs. And so, hey, I laid an egg two seconds ago. Let me discard that egg and get food. So I got eggs and food on the same turn. Um, or the, you know, the... Cards that, you know, let you draw cards. The birds let you draw cards after you've laid eggs. Uh, when you can start combining some of those together in, in getting other benefits from an action rather than just the base benefit, um, you know, that, that's when it feels like the, the game really opens up. And, and to have that balanced, too, is just outstanding.
1: So let me ask you a question. and I maybe I'm completely out to lunch here, but I've only played I played it six times. I looked at my log today. Um, I still feel like I have no idea what to do and how to play and what to really go after in terms of what are great pairings of the abilities maybe that's because there's so many birds and so many abilities that i haven't really said oh these three if you can get these three together then you're you're made the rating of the complexity uh isaac you said it was like 2.8 or something like that yeah, in terms two, of difficulty two
0: points
1: 2.37 is that difficulty or complexity
0: uh it's bgg's weight so it kind of oh, takes so like all of a
1: lot of things yeah okay I think it's higher than that. That, I think... I don't know. I think there's way more directions that you can go and stuff, and you really have to see where... You can't just pick a track and go, you know, because you want to be able to kind of chain those abilities together. I don't know. Exactly, yeah. I feel like there is a lot of... You really have to evaluate what's on the board, and if there's a card out there that you really need you know, well, take it now and bypass and, you know, just throw away that round and recoup later on. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like there's a lot of, lot more strategy necessarily, um, than on, than what's on the surface. Maybe I'm out to lunch. I don't know.
0: It's funny. I was just going to bring that up as a, as a question for like for newer players. What are some good, you know, some good avenues, some good strategies. JT kind of talked about a, a little bit of, you know, the, the, uh, the intro thing that helps to guide players through through their beginning turns. But, um, I think what you're saying is, is a good, a good question. So for newer players and experienced players, uh, JT, I'll let you throw something out if you got, I got an idea, but what, what would you, what would you suggest? You know, you're teaching this game to new players. What are some avenues, some things you suggest for them to start with?
2: Uh, My suggestion to new players would be to look for ways to get at least two birds in each row. Because if you get at least two birds in each row, then you've fully upgraded that base action from one food to two food. From two eggs to three eggs. From one card to two cards. And that makes every action a little more powerful. Uh, You don't have an all-in engine by any stretch. Um, And I'm, I'm quick to caution, you know... Two cards in every row is not, like, the goal to win the game. But if you do that, you'll see the power of putting cards in a row and and upgrading those actions. And every turn you take will be a little better for you. So if you want to, you know, push the eject button on that a little bit earlier, fine. But that's usually the the starting advice I have. Because then people start to see, oh, that, that second one... Uh, you know cost me an egg or uh, oh oh yeah getting two food every time I take food gets me to be able to play birds earlier that's great um, I, I caution against uh, telling people to look for the cards that draw cards or telling people to look for the cards that lay eggs like i let people pick the abilities that they want on their own because uh, you know if, if someone gets uh, a, a card and they think that ability is great, but it's not one I recommended. They might go buy it, but if they, you know, if they evaluate the card on their own, say, "Oh, that ability sounds cool," they play the card and then they get to use that ability and they enjoy it. Like that, that now ties them to the game the next time they play it. And if the action is terrible for them, if they don't enjoy it, they're like, "I'm not going to do that one again." <laughs> they still have some tie to it. Like, I'm going to try something different next time. So, I. I lean towards teaching people like, you know, this is a strategy to upgrade all your actions. So every turn you take is going to be more powerful along the way. Try and put something in there that you think is going to work for you. Or you think might be fun.
0: Yeah. I think that's great. Especially the, the upgrading everything to really put you ahead at the beginning, right? If you can do that in that first, if you can manage to do that in those first two rounds, that's awesome. Right. And that's, that's such a good good start to your engine. Um, I'm always looking at the, that first hand of cards, right, those five birds, and I will sell out for one. Like I will keep one and the resources to do it if at all possible. I'm trying to keep two birds and hopefully have enough, you know, my three resources to be able to put those two birds on the table in the first two turns um, to upgrade and have some type of action that when I take food, maybe it's going to give me one more card. It's going to be one more thing. Like I want... Early cards that are giving me extra things when I take food or take cards. And personally, like for my playstyle, I really like to get the card drawing row going as fast as I can because I feel like that's where the strength is. The more cards you see in your hand, the more chance you're going to get the cards that you want to get played at the right time. So um, that's that's my general feel for it. I usually don't go after the row in the first two rounds unless i have something that's really good that i want to get played in that egg row Uh, i'm trying to build up the card draw hopefully get the food big enough and then go after the go after the eggs but like jt said i think building out for newer players trying to build all of those out fairly evenly um helps to to really get your engine moving in this
1: yeah, I, I agree with all that, and that, that's kind of how my game went tonight too. I didn't do the egg row until the third round, I think, and it happened to be the bonus was you know birds with eggs on them in the in the the uh, the grassland area, um, so I just didn't really concern myself with it yet, and I didn't need to. You know, I would say to new players, um, see if you can just find if you're able to get a couple birds that you think kind of go well together. Or if you see one that allows you to draw an extra bonus card or the two bonus cards and pick one, get that. Um, That can just get you so many more points at the end of the game. Um, I think Rachel and I both had three bonus cards by the end of the game on this last one. Uh, It's just a quick way to get more cards. The earlier you can get those, the better you can plan for them as well. Um, but uh, along with what you said Isaac, you know the card drawing action I, I don't think I've ever really gone after that one so a, a lot and I did tonight um, as a just a change of pace play and it worked out really well for me because I had in that row um, I never felt like I had to activate that more than once because when I did I was you know drawing my two cards and then I had an ability that allowed me to wipe the row clean. Um, or the, the bird row, clean, refresh it, and take another one. So I was always getting three or four cards every time I hit that, so I felt like I never needed to, to hit that very hard. Um, so my suggestion, I guess, long story short, is see if you can maximize um, each row by the end to be able to only hit it once. You know, so uh, besides the food, probably. <laughs> you know, probably going after food a lot yeah and if you're gonna get bird birds that you know are tucking birds then you're gonna to need to be able to find new creative ways to draw more birds
0: <laughs> yeah i uh i really like especially when you've got four or five players on the table there's a good chance that somebody's gonna be playing cards they're gonna give you food i found that there's there's a few of those little finch cards in there and Man, when I see one of those that it, it changed up my game, I just pretty much ignore the top row because usually those players are, are giving me what I need in food as we move forward into it. And then if you can find one, like JT said, where you're trading like eggs for food, right? Is that, yeah, yeah, I food. think it's
2: the crow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, those two together, you, like, I've done that before and never even gone up and taken the food action because I'm, I'm getting just enough to make it happen with the other stuff.
1: Now, see, most of my—I think all but one of my plays has been two-player, and so I think I may have a different perspective as well because you guys have played it with more than two, obviously a lot more. I think.
0: Yeah, did we did we play this one at our uh, our our Texas
2: shindig? I don't.
1: Yeah, I think that's the one time we've played it that I've played it without with more than one. That's right. <laughs> because yeah, JT has a win on on logged on this. Uh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Surprise, uh, surprise? with a hundred with a hundred and three points there we go
2: that, that's not my <laughs> high score don't worry about it
1: yeah i know you broke it the other night i heard <laughs> my uh, what what was what was your highest score what'd you hit uh 109 is my highest score yeah oh,
0: very nice very nice yeah.
1: 92 is mine
0: i got a i got a 116 it's my highest in this it's pretty good my highest losing score is 104 which is heartbreaking um <laughs> so with um Well, who won tonight when you guys played
1: uh i actually won i won 87 to 72
0: okay good job good job yeah um so uh final impressions as far as as far as wingspan goes um is this a game uh you know deserving of the awards is a game that's going to sit on your shelf uh do you think this has a a long-term long-term uh spot for you in your
2: collection oh i'm not getting rid of mine anytime soon um uh, we love to play it. Um, yeah, I, I, I awards. I'm not really uh, one to judge what games should get awards. I don't. I don't probably play enough new games to to judge that category. But it's definitely spectacular as far as uh, the art, the novelty of it, um, the design tightness, uh, the balance. I, I, I mean. I am. I am all for games uh, that that are as clean as this one to get accolades that I think are well deserved. Um, I don't want to argue about which awards it should have won and shouldn't have won, but it, it's definitely a, a top shelf game for me.
1: Uh, it's staying in our collection because my wife loves it, so it doesn't really <laughs> matter what I think. <laughs> well, I'm, a- I'm asking what you think.
2: It still doesn't matter what he thinks.
1: To, to that note, my wife did want me, Rachel did want me to get uh, talk about one thing she doesn't like. And she doesn't like the fact that the abilities trigger right to left. Uh, the brown The brown bird abilities. Because okay. you put your little token on the left... And she's like, and everything we do in life, is left to right. But so this is right <laughs> to left, and I had to like tell her, "Hey, you're doing these abilities backwards again." She's like, "No, it should be left right to right." talk about that on the podcast, <laughs> I,
0: I would say the that and for first time players, the whole like, well, when do these birds activate? Like, yeah, yeah t- it it's takes tricky. It takes a little bit for me to get used to, and, and and I think they pick yeah. up pretty quick. But it's the one thing that's consistent. i've seen in this game is that people are like well wait don't i get to use this i'm like no no you have to do this first so yeah it picks up quick though
1: yeah yeah i mean we're not we're not getting rid of it um i'm not it's not going to be the first thing that i like grab and and put on the table to play but i'm never going to be disappointed if we play it and yeah same thing with same thing with awards i i can't speak to any of that i mean sure give give them to them (laughs) it's fine
0: (laughs) I think it's a really good way for you to, to frame it. I think a lot of games can get framed like that, right? Like, it's it's not the first thing I'd pick, but I'm not going to be disappointed to play it. Like, that's a really good way to, I think, corner this one for you. Like, this for me is is probably going to be one that I I would grab uh, first. I still, you know, 20-plus plays into it. And I don't have a lot of games that I've put 20-plus plays into in a year. Uh, but it's still one that I'd be happy this year we will but yeah (laughs) (laughs) I've I mean I've I've pimped my copy out I um, I had uh, my friend uh, Becky Evans got me um, her mother actually knitted a set of nests for me for this I'm sure you guys have seen some of the different things out there that people have done with this game but it's so cool like it's cool to you know just plop those on a table and you know especially people are familiar with the game like oh these are pretty neat and my son and i 3d printed resources for this thing all the fruit and fish and everything so they're little 3d tokens and then we 3d printed uh, bird houses for the player tokens instead of cubes so they're different shaped little bird houses and it's just fun. Like it's a fun game to to make those little modifications. When you really like a game, it's fun to add things and kinda of personalize it a little bit. So
1: And we could do a whole podcast just on that. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> I've had so much time to three D print stuff. We've been my son three D printed a case for his DS today. I'm like, just I'm like, did you need that? He's like, I don't know. We just had time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a twelve, 12 nothing but time. twelve-hour print, and I was like, all right, cool, I, yeah. I mean, that's neat, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a fun game. Like, and 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 well deserving of, of the the accolades it gets. It was on our top shelf list of best games of 2019, which you know supersedes any Golden Geek Awards it would ever win anyway clearly obviously <laughs> um and you know since since we are talking all things wingspan i thought we'd finish up here with a uh, another little game show event this one's going to be a little different format than we had last time uh what's going to happen here is i am going to name a, a something with a wingspan one of you is going to give me their answer best guess within uh, you know the of the size, and then the other person is going to say higher or lower. The point will go to um, the person who said the original number if they're exactly right, or the point will go to them if the other person's wrong with their higher or lower. Easy enough. Sure. Easy sure. enough. Sure. Stuart will start with. You. So Neat. these are all going to be in either feet or inches or combination, depending on depending on the object. So let's start real simple. Okay. Wingspan of a hummingbird?
1: Uh, Five inches. Five inches. JT,
0: higher or lower? Incorrect. Average hummingbird is four inches. All right. So one point for Stuart. JT, second question. Boom. Average wingspan of a turkey?
2: Hmm. Let's go 31 inches. 31 inches.
0: Stuart, higher or lower? Higher. Higher is correct. 48 inches uh, or 4 feet. This
2: is awesome. Average for a turkey. Stuart, I stopped recording <laughs> 10 seconds
0: R- ago.
1: Roll reversal. <laughs>
0: Stuart, the largest known wingspan on a bird was a wandering Albatross. What was the wingspan of that wandering albatross?
1: Uh, what uh, century did this bird exist? <laughs>
0: oh, this is something people actually were able to like grab it and measure it. So, oh, okay, that's a good question. It's not a, it's not a, um, a fossil.
1: Got it. Uh, so how how long was that? Um, let's go with eight and a half feet higher. Eight and a half
0: feet. Higher is correct, eleven feet eleven inches. Sweet, JT? I'm on the board. <laughs> <laughs> next, next one is for JT. What is the average wingspan of a Boeing seven seven seven?
2: I'm gonna go get Rachel. This is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stuart's wife works in the. Industry. I didn't say they were
0: gonna. I didn't say they were gonna all be birds. Just wingspans. Um.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's say a hundred feet. Hundred feet.
1: Bigger. Oh yeah,
0: one hundred and ninety-nine feet. Oh,
1: inches. Yeah. You you may have been thinking of a seven thirty seven. I don't. That's what he was I, thinking.
2: That's exactly what I was thinking. I don't fly much. I don't even know what a seven like. It's a higher. It's well, a bigger nobody number. Nobody flies
0: as
1: much anymore.
0: That's true. It's <laughs> that true. Stewart, next one to you. What is the wingspan of Calvin Johnson, one of the largest wingspans ever to grace the NFL?
1: Oh, what team did he play for, and then retire he, from because they were terrible. The, uh,
0: the terrible team, the Cardinals. Is that, oh uh, that it? Oh.
1: I'm pretty sure we tied last year. Big, that was a fun game. Oh, big
0: play, C We play again this year, by the way, if that happens. So, big play, CJ Calvin uh, Johnson. What was his let's wingspan? See.
1: Wingspan. Um, let's go with eight feet two inches. Oh, lower. Eight
0: feet two inches. Oh yeah, way lower. Six feet Dang. ten inches. Currently, the score is Stuart three, JT two. He's on the comeback here. Next one. This one goes to JT. What was the wingspan of the Quatralocatois pterodactyl?
2: Can you sure use I that in a sentence? the sentence? First name. <laughs> uh,
0: look at that. Something what is the that origin? The Q, q- pterodactyl. <laughs>
1: Gonna, uh, just tell you to go this is this Jurassic here. or is this Paleolithic? Uh,
2: <laughs> yes. We, I'm going to go with 21 feet.
0: 21 feet. Stuart, higher or lower? Higher. Higher is correct. 35 <sighs> feet. As a big it's paradigm. That's a lot. Next up, this goes to Stuart. Stuart, what is the average wingspan of a bumblebee? A oh,
1: bumblebee. Uh,
2: hmm. One inch. Ugh. JT, higher or lower? I think it's more than one inch. That is correct.
0: 1.6 inches is the average. <laughs> 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 that puts Stuart 4, JT 3, and there are three left to get us to 10. Oh, Next one goes to JT. This is the average wingspan of a dragonfly.
2: Average wingspan of a dragonfly. Let's go... Three and a half inches. Three and a
0: half. Bigger. Inches. Oh, yeah. Seven and a half. That one goes to Stuart. Is d- now a Stuart d- 5 d- jt
2: Dragonfly has nearly twice that of a hummingbird. Crazy, right? Okay.
0: Fact checks provided by AskJeeves.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, question number nine. This one goes to Stuart What is the? So if I
1: get this one, I win. Uh, pretty Just, much, yeah. The last questions were okay. twenty points, so.
0: Oh, there we oh, go. Okay, Sweet. cool. <laughs> Perfect. Of course, it is.
1: Average, <laughs> the next one JT gets is for twenty points, right? <laughs> that's pretty much how
0: it works. Sir, what is the wingspan of a stealth bomber?
1: Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Two hundred and twelve
2: feet. Two twelve. Oh, JT, higher lower? I got it. I, I think it's smaller than a seven forty seven, so I'll go lower. Lower
0: is correct. one hundred and seventy two feet. I got the last,
1: two part right <laughs> at the end. You did.
0: <laughs> and our last question goes to JT. What is the wingspan of a Delorean?
2: Oh, that's a beautiful question. <laughs> it's so great. Oh. <laughs> that felt like a that felt like a good number ten. That's a good number ten. Let's go twelve and a half feet.
0: Twelve and a half feet. Stuart for the win. Higher or lower?
1: 12 and a half feet. I mean the car's only seven feet wide, maybe. But now, I'm gonna go lower.
0: And that is incorrect. It Ugh. is higher, 18 and a half feet. Holy Seriously? smokes! Yeah, once that why, ba- why is it that <laughs> once that bad what? boy opens up, that Delorean's got some wings on it.
1: <laughs> I guess I'm. Uh, I was thrown off kilter by my Model X.
0: Yeah, that's what we were. I should have did. Model X, and you would have had it. <laughs> so we have a tie score, of five to five. Come um, back, of course. I,
1: I do not yeah, <laughs> falling flat on my face. That as usual. one was worth twenty okay.
0: points. You said. Oh, I'm sorry, Stuart. You lost. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, no. you have a tiebreaker? I know you have a tiebreaker. I didn't. Ex- You're I, asking the tiebreaker. I didn't expect it. Th- I'm looking
0: up for the wingspan of a Model X. I don't even see it online anywhere. No. I thought maybe if I could find that, oh my god, that'd it, be a good. Uh, I have a wingspan of a Model S. That's not the same thing. That's not what you know. No, sorry. Uh, I don't have a tiebreaker. You'll have twenty
2: points, twenty-four to five.
0: (laughs) Go team! Better luck next time. All right, so that brings us to our uh, finale. Does it?
1: Does it? (laughs) It does. Yeah, it
0: does. (laughs) I already started into the finale. that's alright
1: right. I'm going to edit the podcast and now we're, I'm going to win after number 9
0: <laughs> and congratulations to Stuart winning 5-4 to four there
2: there you go oh, you brilliant <laughs> that's so bad
1: uh, Well, once one of you learns how to edit it you can yeah. do the same stuff <laughs>
0: very true and I'm going to bring us home here thank you for listening to our podcast today here at Game of Sidekicks make sure to check out our main site over at www.gamingwithsidekicks.com for game reviews, designer interviews, podcasts, and so much more. Also, make sure you follow us on our socials at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And especially if you had a chance, check out our Facebook page, Gaming with Sidekicks Board Game Community, where we discuss these things board game related, go through some contests, and just have fun interacting with all of you gamers out there. We know you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we really appreciate that. So thank you once again to Stuart and JT. This is Isaac, Wishing you a wonderful week or two of gaming until we talk again. Gentlemen, thank you so much
2: for joining us. Oh, Always a pleasure. Stewart is terrible at Star Realms. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is Isaac
0: signing off as we wish you many more moments in life to play all the games you like with the people you love. Thanks a lot, folks. Cheers. to play all the games you like with the people you love thanks a lot folks
1: so now with JT
0: (laughs) oh my
2: gosh Uh, Isaac you don't know this but we played we we played a game we're recording we're recording and I get a notification it's now your turn with Stuart it's like wait a minute what so I took a turn quick because you're still introducing and then the next thing I know I get another notification I'm like what Stuart, you, you want to play this out? Fine. I smoked him.
1: Did you he win? did smoke <laughs> me. You finished <laughs> <it>? <laughs> he's, he's, I, I never had a chance. Like It was so bad from the very beginning. And then me, while you doing the wrap up, he challenged me to another one.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, when sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes you, you yeah, sometimes win, sometimes, sometimes you lose. JT. JT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Goodbye. Sir, what is the wingspan of a stealth bomber?
1: Ooh. Ooh. Wow. 212 feet. 212. Oh, JT, higher or geez. lower?
2: I got it. I, I think it's smaller than a 747, so I'll go lower. Lower is correct. One,
0: 172 feet. And I got I'll the last... two
1: part right <laughs> at the end. You did.
0: And congratulations to Stewart winning 5 to 4 there.